chapter twenty four of monsieur lecoq part two this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. recording by tony oliva monsieur lecoq by emile gaborio part two chapter twenty four having penetrated the mystery that enveloped his son's frequent absence the baron d'escorval had concealed his fears and his chagrin from his wife it was the first time that he had ever had a secret from the faithful and courageous companion of his existence without warning her he went to beg abbe midon to follow him to the reche to the house of monsieur lacheneur the silence on his part explains madame d'escorval's astonishment when on the arrival of the dinner hour neither her son nor her husband appeared maurice was sometimes late but the baron like all great workers was punctuality itself what extraordinary thing could have happened her surprise became uneasiness when she learned that her husband had departed in company with abbe midon they had harnessed the horse themselves and instead of driving through the courtyard as usual they had driven through the stable-yard into a lane leading to the public road what did all this mean why these strange precautions madame d'escorval waited oppressed by vague forebodings the servants shared her anxiety the baron was so equable in temper so kind and just to his inferiors that his servants adored him and would have gone through a fiery furnace for him so about ten o'clock they hastened to lead to their mistress a peasant who was returning from sairmeuse this man who was slightly intoxicated told the strangest and most incredible stories he said that all the peasantry for ten leagues around were under arms and that the baron d'escorval was the leader of the revolt he did not doubt the final success of the movement declaring that napoleon the second marie louise and all the marshals of the empire were concealed in montaignac alas it must be confessed that lacheneur had not hesitated to utter the grossest falsehoods in his anxiety to gain followers madame d'escorval could not be deceived by these ridiculous stories but she could believe and she did believe that the baron was the prime mover in this insurrection and this belief which would have carried consternation to the hearts of so many women reassured her she had entire absolute and unlimited faith in her husband she believed him superior to all other men infallible in short the moment he said this is so she believed it implicitly hence if her husband had organized a movement that movement was right if he had attempted it it was because he expected to succeed therefore it was sure to succeed impatient however to know the result she sent the gardener to sairmeuse with orders to obtain information without awakening suspicion if possible and to hasten back as soon as he could learn anything of a positive nature he returned in about two hours pale frightened and in tears the disaster had already become known and had been related to him with the most terrible exaggerations he had been told that hundreds of men had been killed and that a whole army was scouring the country 
massacring defenceless peasants and their families while he was telling his story madame d'escorval felt that she was going mad she saw yes positively she saw her son and her husband dead or still worse mortally wounded upon the public highway they were lying with their arms crossed upon their breasts livid bloody their eyes staring wildly they were begging for water a drop of water i will find them she exclaimed in frenzied accents i will go to the field of battle i will seek for them among the dead until i find them light some torches my friends and come with me for you will aid me will you not you loved them they were so good you would not leave their dead bodies unburied oh the wretches the wretches who have killed them the servants were hastening to obey when the furious gallop of a horse and the sound of carriage wheels were heard upon the drive here they are exclaimed the gardener here they are madame d'escorval followed by the servants rushed to the door just in time to see a cabriolet enter the courtyard and the horse panting exhausted and flecked with foam miss his footing and fall abbe midon and maurice had already leaped to the ground and were lifting out an apparently lifeless body even marianne's great energy had not been able to resist so many successive shocks the last trial had overwhelmed her once in the carriage all immediate danger having disappeared the excitement which had sustained her fled she became unconscious and all the efforts of maurice and of the priest had failed to restore her but madame d'escorval did not recognize mademoiselle lacheneur in the masculine habiliments in which she was clothed she only saw that it was not her husband whom they had brought with them and a convulsive shudder shook her from head to foot your father maurice she exclaimed in a stifled voice and your father the effect was terrible until that moment maurice and the cure had comforted themselves with the hope that m d'escorval would reach home before them maurice tottered and almost dropped his precious burden the abbe perceived it and at a sign from him two servants gently lifted marianne and bore her to the house then the cure approached madame d'escorval monsieur will soon be here madame said he at hazard he fled first baron d'escorval could not have fled she interrupted a general does not desert when face to face with the enemy if a panic seizes his soldiers he rushes to the front and either leads them back to combat or takes his own life mother faltered maurice mother oh do not try to deceive me my husband was the organizer of this conspiracy his confederates beaten and dispersed must have proved themselves cowards god have mercy upon me my husband is dead in spite of the abbe's quickness of perception he could not understand such assertions on the part of the baroness he thought that sorrow and terror must have destroyed her reason ah madame he exclaimed the baron had nothing to do with this movement far from it he paused all this was passing in the courtyard in the glare of the torches which had been lighted up by the servants any one in the public road could hear and see all he realized the imprudence of which they were guilty come madame said he leading the baroness toward the house and you also maurice come it was with the silent and passive submission of great misery that madame d'escorval obeyed the cure her body alone moved in mechanical obedience her mind and heart were flying through space to the man who was her all and whose mind and heart were even then doubtless calling to her from the dread abyss 
into which he had fallen but when she had passed the threshold of the drawing-room she trembled and dropped the priest's arm rudely recalled to the present reality she recognized marianne in the lifeless form extended upon the sofa mademoiselle lacheneur she faltered here in this costume dead one might indeed believe the poor girl dead to see her lying there rigid cold and as white as if the last drop of blood had been drained from her veins her beautiful face had the immobility of marble her half-opened colorless lips disclosed teeth convulsively clenched and a large dark blue circle surrounded her closed eyelids her long black hair which she had rolled up closely to slip under her peasant's hat had become unbound and flowed down in rich masses over her shoulders and trailed upon the floor she is only in a state of syncope there is no danger declared the abbe after he examined marianne it will not be long before she regains consciousness and then rapidly but clearly he gave the necessary directions to the servants who were astonished at their mistress madame d'escorval looked on with eyes dilated with terror she seemed to doubt her own sanity and incessantly passed her hand across her forehead thickly beaded with cold sweat what a night she murmured what a night i must remind you madame said the priest sympathizingly but firmly that reason and duty alike forbid you thus to yield to despair wife where is your energy christian what has become of your confidence in a just and beneficial god oh i have courage monsieur faltered the wretched woman i am brave the abbe led her to a large armchair where he forced her to seat herself and in a gentler tone he resumed besides why should you despair madame your son certainly is with you in safety your husband has not compromised himself he has done nothing which i myself have not done and briefly but with rare precision he explained the part which he and the baron had played during this unfortunate evening but this recital instead of reassuring the baroness seemed to increase her anxiety i understand you she interrupted and i believe you but i also know that all the people in the country round about are convinced that my husband commanded the insurrectionists they believe it and they will say it and what of that if he has been arrested as you give me to understand he will be summoned before a court-martial was he not the friend of the emperor that is a crime as you very well know he will be convicted and sentenced to death no madame no am i not here i will appear before the tribunal and i shall say here i am i have seen and i know all but they will arrest you alas monsieur because you are not a priest according to the hearts of these cruel men they will throw you in prison and you will meet him upon the scaffold maurice had been listening pale and trembling but on hearing these last words he sank upon his knees hiding his face in his hands ah i have killed my father he exclaimed unhappy child what do you say the priest motioned him to be silent but he did not see him and he pursued my father was ignorant even of the existence of this conspiracy of which m lacheneur was the guiding spirit but i knew it i wished him to succeed because on his success depended the happiness of my life and then wretch that i was 
when i wished to attract to our ranks some timid or wavering accomplice i used the loved and respected name of d'escorval ah oh, i was mad i was mad then with a despairing gesture he added and yet even now i have not the courage to curse my folly oh mother mother if you knew his sobs interrupted him just then a faint moan was heard marianne was regaining consciousness already she had partially risen from the sofa and sat regarding this terrible scene with an air of profound wonder as if she did not understand it in the least slowly and gently she put back her hair from her face and opened and closed her eyes which seemed dazzled by the light of the candles she endeavored to speak to ask some question but abbe midon commanded silence by a gesture enlightened by the words of madame d'escorval and by the confession of maurice the abbe understood at once the extent of the frightful danger that menaced the baron and his son how was this danger to be averted what must be done he had no time for explanation or reflection with each moment a chance of salvation fled he must decide and act without delay the abbe was a brave man he darted to the door and called the servants who were standing in the hall and on the staircase when they were gathered around him listen to me intently said he in that quick and imperious voice that impresses one with the certainty of approaching peril and remember that your master's life depends perhaps upon your discretion we can rely upon you can we not every hand was raised as if to call upon god to witness their fidelity in less than an hour continued the priest the soldiers sent in pursuit of the fugitives will be here not a word must be uttered in regard to what has passed this evening every one must be led to suppose that i went away with the baron and returned alone not one of you must have seen mademoiselle lacheneur we are going to find a place of concealment for her remember my friends if there is the slightest suspicion of her presence here all is lost if the soldiers question you endeavor to convince them that monsieur maurice has not left the house this evening he paused trying to think if he had forgotten any precaution that human prudence could suggest then added one word more to see you standing about at this hour of the night will awaken suspicion at once but this is what i desire we will plead in justification the alarm that you feel at the absence of the baron and also the indisposition of madame for madame is going to retire she will thus escape interrogation and you maurice run and change your clothes and above all wash your hands and sprinkle some perfume upon them all present were so impressed with the imminence of the danger that they were more than willing to obey the priest's orders marianne as soon as she could be moved was carried to a tiny room under the roof madame d'escorval retired to her own apartment and the servants went back to the office maurice and the abbe remained alone in the drawing-room silent and appalled by horrible forebodings the unusually calm face of the priest betrayed his terrible anxiety he now felt convinced that baron d'escorval was a prisoner and all his efforts were now directed toward removing any suspicion of complicity from maurice this was he reflected the only way to save the father a violent peal of the bell attached to the gate interrupted his meditations 
he heard the footsteps of the gardener as he hastened to open it heard the gate turn upon its hinges then the measured tramp of soldiers in the courtyard a loud voice commanded halt the priest looked at maurice and saw that he was as pale as death be calm he entreated do not be alarmed do not lose your self-possession and do not forget my instructions let them come replied maurice i am prepared the drawing-room door was flung violently open and a young man wearing the uniform of a captain of grenadiers entered he was scarcely twenty-five years of age tall fair-haired with blue eyes and a little waxed moustache his whole person betokened an excessive elegance exaggerated to the verge of the ridiculous his face ordinarily must have indicated extreme self-complacency but at the present moment it wore a really ferocious expression behind him in the passage were a number of armed soldiers he cast a suspicious glance around the room then in a harsh voice who is the master of this house he demanded the baron d'escorval my father who is absent replied maurice where is he the abbe who until now had remained seated rose on hearing of the unfortunate outbreak of this evening he replied the baron and myself went to these peasants in hope of inducing them to relinquish their foolish undertaking they would not listen to us in the confusion that ensued i became separated from the baron i returned here very anxious and am now awaiting his return the captain twisted his moustache with a sneering air not a bad invention said he only i do not believe a word of this fiction a light gleamed in the eyes of the priest his lips trembled but he held his peace who are you rudely demanded the officer i am the cure of sermeuse honest men ought to be in bed at this hour and you are racing about the country after rebellious peasants really i do not know what prevents me from ordering your arrest that which did prevent him was the priestly robe all-powerful under the restoration with maurice he was more at ease how many are there in this family three my father my mother ill at this moment and myself and how many servants seven four men and three women you have neither received nor concealed any one this evening no one it will be necessary to prove this said the captain and turning toward the door corporal bavois he called this man was one of those old soldiers who had followed the emperor over all europe two small ferocious gray eyes lighted his tanned weather-beaten face and an immense hooked nose surmounted a heavy bristling moustache bavois commanded the officer you will take half a dozen men and search this house from top to bottom you are an old fox that knows a thing or two if there is any hiding-place here you will be sure to discover it if any one is concealed here you will bring the person to me go and make haste the corporal departed on his mission the captain resumed his questions and now said he turning to maurice what have you been doing this evening the young man hesitated for an instant then with well-feigned indifference replied i have not put my head outside the door this evening that must be proved let me see your hands the soldier's tone was so offensive that maurice felt the angry blood mount to his forehead fortunately a warning glance from the abbe made him restrain his wrath he offered his hands to the inspection of the captain who examined them carefully outside and in and finally smelled them ah these hands are too white and smell too sweet to have been dabbling in powder 
he was evidently surprised that this young man should have had so little courage as to remain in the shelter of the fireside while his father was leading the peasants on to battle another thing said he you must have weapons here yes hunting rifles where are they in a small room in the ground floor take me there they conducted him to the room and on finding that none of the double-barreled guns had been used for some days he seemed considerably annoyed he appeared furious when the corporal came and told him that he had searched everywhere but had found nothing of a suspicious character sin for the servants was his next order but all the servants faithfully repeated the lesson which the abbe had given them the captain saw that he was not likely to discover the mystery although he was well satisfied that one existed swearing that they should pay dearly for it if they were deceiving him he again called bavois i must continue my search said he you with two men will remain here and render a strict account of all that you see and hear if monsieur d'escorval returns bring him to me at once do not allow him to escape keep your eyes open and good luck to you he added a few words in a low voice then left the room as abruptly as he had entered it the departing footsteps of the soldiers were soon lost in the stillness of the night and then the corporal gave vent to his disgust in a frightful oath eh said he to his men you have heard that cadet listen watch arrest report so he takes us for spies ah if our old leader knew to what base uses his old soldiers were degraded the two men responded by a sullen growl as for you pursued the old trooper addressing maurice and the abbe i bavois corporal of grenadiers declare in my name and in that of my two men that you are as free as birds and that we shall arrest no one more than that if we can aid you in any way we are at your service the little fool that commanded us this evening thought we were fighting look at my gun i have not fired a shot from it and my comrades fired only blank cartridges the man might possibly be sincere but it was scarcely probable we have nothing to conceal replied the cautious priest the old corporal gave a knowing wink ah you distrust me you are wrong and i am going to prove it because you see though it is easy to gull that fool who just left here it is not so easy to deceive corporal bavois very well it was scarcely prudent to leave in the courtyard a gun that certainly had not been charged for firing at swallows the cure and maurice exchanged a glance of consternation maurice now recollected for the first time that when he sprang from the carriage to lift out marianne he propped his loaded gun against the wall it had escaped the notice of the servants secondly pursued bavois there is someone concealed in the attic i have excellent ears thirdly i arranged it so that no one should enter the sick lady's room maurice needed no further proof he extended his hand to the corporal and in a voice trembling with emotion he said you are a brave man a few moments later maurice the abbe and madame d'escorval were again assembled in the drawing-room deliberating upon the measures which must be taken when marianne appeared she was still frightfully pale but her step was firm her manner quiet and composed i must leave this house she said to the baroness had i been conscious i would never have accepted hospitality which is likely to bring dire misfortune on your family alas your acquaintance with me has caused you too many tears and too much sorrow already do you understand now why i wished you to regard us as strangers a presentiment told me that my family would be fatal to yours 
poor child exclaimed madame d'escorval where will you go marianne lifted her beautiful eyes to the heaven in which she placed her trust i do not know madame she replied but duty commands me to go i must learn what has become of my father and my brother and share their fate what exclaimed maurice still this thought of death you who no longer he paused a secret which was not his own had almost escaped his lips but visited by a sudden inspiration he threw himself at his mother's feet oh my mother my dearest mother do not allow her to depart i may perish in my attempt to save my father she will be your daughter then she whom i have loved so much you will encircle her with your tender and protecting love marianne remained End of chapter twenty four recording by tony oliva albuquerque